I am Elle Penelope, author of Epic Fantasy and Paranormal Romance, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Sunday, November 28th, 2021, and this is episode 147 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. And I'm back. I missed a week. It's actually the first week I've ever missed since I started the podcast. I totally intended to record last week. I thought I'd be able to do it on Monday, a little bit late, because I was out of town the entire weekend from Friday. We flew back Monday. We were in New Orleans. Um, and when I flew back that afternoon, I got in the bed and I slept for hours. <laughs> and I had um, an event that night, an online event with author Nicole Glover, which went really well. Um, I think there should be a link. I can put it in the show notes uh, of our conversation. And yeah, I just did not record. And I was tired. You know, sometimes being away is, well, traveling. Traveling is exhausting. And um, being out and about and around people, even though, I mean, I was around people, but um, I feel like as I get older, my introvert tendencies get even more intense. And so these interactions cost more energy and require more time to recover. Anyway, that is to say, I did miss a week, but I don't intend to do it very often if, you know, it's taken me 147 <laughs> episodes. So hopefully I will be back on track. Uh, this week's best thing, since it's two weeks to cover, um, we've got the trip to New Orleans, which I had never really been there before. My only other trip to New Orleans was many years ago. I was there for less than 24 hours for a conference. I did see General Honoré speak that time, and that was worth everything. Like, if you ever get to see him speak live in your life, it is completely worth it. He's, I mean, I don't know how many years he has left. Let's hope we, he's around for a, a, a while longer. But um, And I saw him on TV recently being interviewed about something or other. He's fascinating. But this is my first actual time seeing any of the city. And um, that was cool. So yeah, I was I was doing research for a future project and um, did some tours, walked around a lot, drove around some, sucked in the energy of the city. And I'm very glad that I went. It was a good trip, but tiring. Uh, also, Thanksgiving. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Um, we spent Thanksgiving with some family friends, and that was great. Lots to be grateful for this year. Sometimes I do gratitude lists, and sometimes I don't. Um, I do try to like reconnect with gratitude when I'm feeling out of sorts and, um, you know, just kind of feeling down. I find that's a good way to try to remember all the, all the good things, you know, because when you're feeling down, the negative things have taken precedence. But if you really stopped to pay attention, you would know that there's much more positive than negative. Like I was talking to a friend recently about a bad review and, um, you know, many more five-star reviews on that book than one stars or even two and three. Um, but of course, it is the, the negative reviews that we focus on. And in this case, the bad review was a four-star review. It just had some debatable things inside the text of it. So it was actually not a bad review. It was just an annoying one that my friend was upset about. Because I was like, I was looking at the one-star review and I'm like, I mean, you can't pay attention to that. That doesn't make any sense, you know? But she was like, oh no, that's not the one I'm concerned about. It's that four-star. I'm like, oh, okay. Suffice it to say, there were many more five-star positive reviews. So 
sometimes it's just worth like a recalibration. And I think Thanksgiving should be a recalibration. Like at its best, that's what it's there for. Uh, yeah, so I hope that yours was good and full of gratitude and not too much family drama or friends drama or any kind of drama. So in my writing update, I am working on the short story for the time travel anthology, Three Time Travelers Walk Into A, dot, dot, dot. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm in the revision process. The first half is really tight. I've gone over it several times because the second half that I had fast drafted wasn't making quite as much sense. Like I I did have a plan for the story. I did not pants it exactly, but it wasn't a tight plan. It was a very loosely organized plan. So when I read over my fast draft and I had the ideas for how I was going to revise it and change it, I was stuck on this transition between these two parts of the story because it's supposed to be a 5,000 word short story. So I have to cover a fair amount of ground in the small word count. And I, you know, compressed time. And sometimes when you compress time in a story, things start falling apart, which is what I experienced. Like I had, it was really clear on what happened in the beginning and what happens at the end. And then I was working on the middle, trying to bridge those things in a way that made sense because my initial fast draft just didn't, didn't make any sense as fast drafts tend not to do. Um, so yeah, I spent a couple of days just feeling my way through and, um, rethinking some things, but I'm still really enjoying the story, you know, trying to do this kind of world building in, um, a tight space. I, I love it. I actually really love being able to drop in like even a few adjectives, like how can I give you just a little bit that says a lot, you know, the way I describe something will let you know that this is much bigger than what you're seeing here. And there is a history and a fullness to this world that you're you're only getting a glimpse of. And I don't actually know all that much about, but I have ideas about it. And I think I can sketch it in a way that gives you the, you know, the feeling that it's, that it's bigger and more complex. And that's really fun. That's really the fun part about world building. It's one of the things I love about it. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the short story will end up being about 6,000 words. We'll see. I am hoping to finish tomorrow and then polish on Tuesday. Uh, definitely this week, but the sooner the better. And not spend too much time like going over and over and over the same words, which I did with the first half, but I'm, I'm happy with the first half. It's just getting everything in, um, and making it cohesive and hold together. It's my time traveling librarian story, which I'm very proud of. And yeah, I think it's going to be cool. <laughs> Working on this also allows me to sort of test out some of my processes on a micro level, because I haven't written um, a story, a short story, you know, maybe over a year, probably. And I've been working on, you know, I have a regular column in the Galaxy's Edge magazine, and it's on craft, it's called Longhand, and I'm doing a two-part series on revision. So part one is out in the last issue, I just turned in part two, which will be in the next issue, I will link to that in the show notes. And breaking it down, you know, to sort of explain the ideas I have about revision, and then doing them on this micro level with this short story has helped to prove the process. 
um, and sort of, yeah, make it a little clearer in my mind. And, and when you do things on a micro level, obviously you don't have to do every single stage. Um, but it does still help to make it clear in my mind that yes, this is how things work for me. And even though, you know, they they tweak, they evolve, they change over time. It's, I think it's a good snapshot of, you know, 2021, November, how revision works for me. And I guess in a year or two, it will be interesting to look back and see if uh, it's the same, if it changes in any appreciable way. That's why I do like recording how I do things and then going back. It's it's helpful for me, if even if it's not helpful for anyone else to see how my ideas about things have changed, what new things I've learned about writing and craft and every stage of the writing process and how, like with, with each book, with each story that I write, how I I figure more things out um, and, and hone the process, basically. Another one of the these two weeks' best things are the cover reveal for The Monsters We Defy, which is the fantasy heist novel coming in August 2022 from Orbit. Uh, yeah, that happened as I was getting on the plane. <laughs> I was in the airport when I saw, you know, the tag come through that they had posted it. So Orbit posted it on its blog and they, on their social media. And so, you know, while we were lining up to get on the plane, I was trying to retweet and repost on Instagram and all that stuff. Um, But yeah, it was, it was good that the cover is out there. I'm really, really happy about that cover and that book. And um, they gave me a schedule. I think the copy editors are coming in a, in a week or two um, for the, you know, the rest of the production process. So that book will be out before you know it. Like I, I saw people online saying that, oh my gosh, August is so far away. And it is, but it isn't. Like it's almost December of 2021. And I don't know where this year went. It seems like yesterday the pandemic was starting and it's almost two years and time. What is time? Like I've said that phrase multiple times in the past even couple months. I don't know. So I'm sure August will be here like lickety split and we'll just be wondering what happened in 2022. I do have a packed writing schedule for the rest of the year, which I've discussed before. And, um, you know, as I'm thinking about in different stages of these other projects and they're on my mind, I came across this video from this random musician that I follow on Instagram, this British musician named Ren. And uh, he had, in his stories, he posted this little interview that I watched. It's short, and I'll link to it. Because there was a quote at the beginning that uh, I, I found really interesting and kind of profound. He says that, I think the main purpose of art is to create an empathy window. So just to create feeling, whether it's happiness, sadness, fear, or outrage. Because life can be monotonous, and it can be mundane. And it, art, gives a little break inside that monotony. And so the way that I go about thinking about projects, or, you know, the, the ones that I'm plotting or brainstorming right now, it, all, it kind of comes down to what am I trying to say? Like even with the short story, you know, my guiding force is theme. Even if I can't articulate the theme, like I know the decisions that I make about the characters and their arcs and, you know, how they change and then what happens to them to make them change, which is the external plot, all come back to this thing 
that I'm struggling with um, or a thing that I want to say, whether I know consciously that I want to say it or whether I discover it at the end of the process. I'm like, oh, that's what I was trying to say. But even if I can't articulate it up front when I'm plotting or brainstorming, I kind of know the core. You know, I know the core of the heart of the emotion that I want, that either I want to feel or I want the reader to feel or I want the, the work to embody. And so as I'm kind of thinking about that for multiple projects, this came across my timeline and, you know, an empathy window, you know, they, they say that reading creates empathy. And in this case, you know, he's talking about rock music or music in general. He does like rock and rap sort of. Um, but I think all artists are doing the same thing. And there was another quote that I came across a few days ago from like another a random video on YouTube that popped up, you know, when another video ends, they just pop you up something else. And it's, I need to find who said it because I did not write down his name and I meant to, but I'll try to put that in the show notes. He said, you're here to find the truest expression of your heart that you can share with the world. And this was a, um, I think he was like a TV and film producer. And so, you know, I, I do think things come to you when you need them. And as I am working on multiple stories and trying to maintain creative energy, but also trying to just figure out what I'm saying, you know, I can, I can come up with characters and plot and I can have characters do things and, and try to write a fun, entertaining, engaging story. But for me, there's no point unless, unless, you know, I'm trying to share the truest expression of my heart with the world and trying to create emotion, to create feelings um, in other people. And that empathy window, which is something, a, a phrase I haven't heard before. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking of as I go through this process with, you know, multiple things that I'm doing and trying to maintain a connection with them, you know, because you can sort of get to the point where you're just spitting out things and like the way some people talk about, oh, I don't believe in writer's block because like plumbers don't get plumber's block. In a way, I get what they're saying. Like you have to sit in the chair and you have to get down to work. Um, like if you hit a point where you feel blocked, you need to be here at your desk at work in order to receive, you know. But at the same time, what we're doing is not plumbing. You know, we are, we're plumbing our hearts and our souls to a certain degree. Um, and I think maybe for some writers, it is more like plumbing. I mean, I think of the writers who are writing, you know, a book a month or more or somewhere in that amount of time. And I don't know that it's possible to, to share something, you know, some true expression of your heart 15 times a year. You know, like I would be interested to hear like those kind of authors' opinions on that. And then you've got, you know, authors who write one book every 10 years and they're absolutely, you know, everything is in there. And I think mid-list working genre authors like me sort of are trying to, at least me personally, is trying to find that medium place where the books I write are books I love and are meaningful to me and I feel are worthy of the time I spend on them, time away from other things, and and the emotional and creative 
and soul energy that it takes to put things out into the world, even if it's a short story. You know, like I'm trying to write a fun, entertaining short story, and it's not going to change the world with its meaning. But at the end of the day, you know, someone is going to spend time reading it and something of me has to be in it in order for it it to work, in order for me to like it. And that's going to come in no matter what, I think. But I think it's always better if it's conscious and if it's I can't say conscious, that's not the right word, because like I said, sometimes a theme is unconscious and you're, you you realize it after the fact. But mindful, maybe is the best word. You know, I want to be, always be creating mindfully. I think that's also, that's just how I do it. You know, I, I do create mindfully. I, I have not yet, even, you know, the short stories, a short romance story, I'm still being mindful about it. Um, so I guess that's just my approach, but... Hearing other people talk about the way they approach various mediums of art and media, I think I find it helpful. And so I thought I would share it with you. <laughs> I started watching Wheel of Time yesterday. I watched the first three episodes. As of recording, there are four out, so I've got one more to do today, hopefully. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I, I'm not loving it, but I am enjoying it. And I'm eager to watch the the next ones and, and find out what happens because I don't remember anything. Like I'll find myself remembering little random things like, oh, those are the tinkers. You know, I remember what they were called or um, they'll introduce new characters. And I'm like, I vaguely remember a character. Is that that person? Oh no. That's, I don't think that was for like three or four books, things like that. But it's very, very vague. And so I'm coming into it fresh. And yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it. I think it's well done. Um, I haven't read a lot of reviews about it. I, I saw that the ratings weren't excellent. They were kind of 70-ish, you know, at least on IMDb. I didn't check Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, I'm I'm not one of those people who can talk at length about it. Although there are many fantasy writers and paranormal writers who, you know, grew up with Wheel of Time who have very strong feelings about it, and I know that like P. Jelly Clark, I saw wrote something on his blog that I haven't read I haven't read yet, but I will read it and see what he has to say because I know he's one of those Wheel of Time stands. Um, my brother just reread the entire series and he's really enjoying the show so far. And how they're, you know, kept very close, I think, to the books. You know, obviously there have to be changes made, but um, I'm trying to to figure out one of the things that kind of bothers me is the way that it's filmed, like the medium that it's filmed on. It looks very video-ish, you know, like I know that most things are not shot on film anymore, but somehow they are getting either the frame rate or I can't, I don't know the technical details of like modern TV. Uh, Something about the filming looks not as weighty and dramatic as it should be. It looks very like video-y to me. And I don't know if I can explain it better than that, but maybe the the contrast of the, the lights and the darks, that's one of the things that makes, you know, something shot on film look more have more like gravitas than something shot on video is there's a the depth of color that film can capture and high definition you know probably t- on a technical level does it better but there's just a look and feel and 
While I like the production design, I like the costumes and things like that. It's not even exactly the cinematography, although maybe that's a little part of it. It's really just the technical, something about the light and the dark and how bright the brights are and how bright the darks are and the contrast. I don't know. I just noticed that it, uh, it helped, it, it, it prevented me from completely sinking in. And that's not something that I can say about other things. Like I'm thinking about The Witcher, which I didn't love at all. Uh, but the, the, that quality that I'm talking about was not present. It, it was a better visual quality for me in like a Game of Thrones. And I don't know what they were shot on. Um, whether it's like the type of HD, the, you know what I mean? Anyway, not to belabor that point, but that was something I noticed. Also, last night, my brother's uh, TV movie, the Nash Bridges TV movie that he, my brother Paul James is in, came on. And so I went over to my mom's house and we watched that. It was fun. I had never seen Nash Bridges before. It is a very lighthearted, silly police procedural, apparently. <laughs> that was fun to watch, you know, um... It gives me sort of leverage vibes. It's in that vein. I think leverage is on another level, but I enjoyed the TV movie. So I'm glad that he was in that. I'm glad that I saw it. And it was, it was fun. So that is it for me for this week. My goals for the week are to finish the short story and to get back to this book proposal, which I took a little break from. Um, I need to reorganize some things. I've done the fast draft of about 11,000 words. And I need to start, I started feeling that they were just wrong. Like something is out of whack with the organization and structure of what I was writing. So that is the next task to um, tackle this week so that I can get back to actually cleaning up those words and coming up with a polished few chapters for this proposal. And that's going to need to start this week. Um, also the other things, <laughs> I'm going to write them all down and schedule them and that's going to be, it's going to be great, but trying to keep these things in mind, like, why am I writing these stories? What do they mean to me? What can I put in them? Or what do I want to see in them? And how can I create a, a stronger connection so that it will make it easier and more impactful for me to write? Those are the things I'm going to be thinking about. So I hope that you have a wonderful week. I hope that your holiday season is going well so far. And I will talk to you next week. I really mean it. For episode show notes and to sign up for the footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch the video episodes on YouTube. I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. And My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcast.